heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Each day that goes by, and actually each hour of every day that goes by, more and more of these uh, events come to the surface and they're beyond shocking. People just, hard to rationalize things. And it, it's odd that in the news reports, you, you hear people, the anchors saying, well, we've got graphic information that we're gonna show you or tell you about or what have you. And that really is, uh, I think, important to keep reminding people because people have short memories. And the further away you get from the point of impact, the more that people tend to forget the horrible things that happened on that uh, fateful day. There are a lot of questions that I have still as to how this happened. Sure, the breakdown of security there in Israel, in Gaza, but also why the long delay of time uh, before the Israeli defense forces got into play. I'm hearing reports that there was, you know, six, seven hours uh, and that's another shocking point to this, as uh, that uh, it that it took so long uh, for uh, them to get back in command of that uh, of that area. The other shocking thing is the reports coming out of Iran. Um, so get a load of this now. Iran is warning Israel uh, that if it intervenes in Gaza, the operations. Uh, that uh, they will they will intervene, uh, it, that if they go in on a ground war, that they will get involved in this thing. But I find that kind of ironic, actually. Here they say they have nothing to do with anything. They say they, they're not part of this thing, that, you know, Hamas made the decisions on their own and that they were really removed from all of it. Well, if that was the case, why would they have such concern for how Israel conducts itself and their reta- retaliation towards Hamas in the terrorist group in Gaza. You kind of can't have it both ways, friends, can you now? You know, and that's where we find ourselves. And then on top of that, by the way, the President Biden continues to say he has no evidence at all that they were involved in this in any way. He had an interview in 60 Minutes on the weekend, and he continues to double down when, of course, they know full well what's transpired here and they know who's involved in this, but they continue with a public face to say that. So none of it makes sense. Welcome in here to the voice of a nation. Uh, it is indeed Malcolm out loud here. Uh, and uh, listen, today on the broadcast, we will have joining us back uh, two awesome voices here. IQ Al Razuli will be here and Ilana Friedman will both be here. Uh, and they both have extensive experience, number one, in terrorism, and number two, in this region of the world uh, and this uh, jihad, fight of jihad, which is really what this is all about, frankly. Uh, and that's what a lot of people aren't covering this either, what, what the real origins of this fight is about. We've done a hell of a job here, uh, I must say, at America Out Loud, getting this truth out. Um, and you can see all the daily reports back at the network. We have a lot of writers writing on this, and uh, and IQ has been providing day-by-day counts of all of the uh, circumstances. Elana has been providing some uh, reports as well, 
And we have other great writers who are writing about this. So please get that information out there and uh, get pe- wake people up to the truth, because you're not going to get it from the media at all. You're just not going to get any of it. So Iran sends a message to Israel on Saturday, stressing that it does not want further escalation. Oh, give me a break, right? Uh, in the Hamas-Israel war, but that it will have to intervene if the Israeli operation in Gaza continues. And this is what diplomats are saying now. The Iranian foreign ministry stressed that Iran has its red lines. So now Iran is drawing red lines. <laughs> Pretty remarkable, I think. And they said that if the uh, Israeli military operation continues, especially if Israel follows through with its promise of a ground offensive in Gaza, uh, Iran will have to respond. Hmm, interesting. And of course, whether that means they respond directly or through Hezbollah in the north, well, which really is one and the same, obviously, uh, that is to be seen yet, uh, friends. And uh, so again, uh, President Biden was on 60 Minutes a Week, and he was asked uh, about this, uh, and he said, uh, there's no clear evidence that they had any foreknowledge of or helped plan the Hamas attack. Wow. And he also shared a message for Hezbollah, the Islamist uh, militia to the north there. Don't, he said. And uh, this was his warning again. Uh, don't cross the uh, uh, the Lebanon border and escalate the war. It, it was his message on 60 Minutes. Don't, 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 he said. Uh, wow. Uh, this, uh, I want to ask you, IQ, I want to go to you first here right now and ask you something here. Now, we didn't talk about this in previous reports, and I, I sort of have to know, or if you know, why was that delay of time before the IDF got there in, in those uh, border towns in South Israel? Why such an extensive period of time? Any idea? By the way, it took 10 hours, not six Okay. It was a catastrophic failure of intelligence and catastrophic failure of uh, uh, getting together. Look, but it's, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, it's, hold on, hold on. It's more than just a catastrophic failure of intelligence. It, it, hold on. It, it, the, the intelligence with the initial report of how they got in, that I understand. But I'm talking about them just arriving on the scene. If you're saying 10 hours... That's, when That's they came more than a failure of intelligence. That's stupidity. We are not going to solve the, this issue talking about it. And I would rather. But do you have any idea why? No, there is no. This was an incredible failure all along, not only intelligence, it was military, right. it was social, it was everywhere. Okay. Everything was wrong. Everything right. was catastrophic. Uh, there's a reason I bring it up, IQ, and I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Let me ask Ilana first here. Ilana, do you have any, I mean, sincere, any knowledge whatsoever through your intelligence or any backdrop knowledge as to why IQ saying 10 hours? I see reports six, seven hours. Which, okay. What if, before they even got on the scene, any idea why? Yes, I do. Um, there, I, I think it's important to understand, first of all, there was the intelligence failure, so no one was prepared for anything. Uh, they didn't. They were. They were basically watching the the terrorism in the West Bank, and they were. They took their eye off the ball. That's very clear. But you have to also understand that this was a national ho- religious holiday, and it was uh, the end of the 
the of of a series of holidays that mark the high holidays in Israel. So people were not focused. They were not available to be called up immediately. There is a a way that Israelis are are called up, and it's brilliant. But uh, you have to be able to reach people, and uh, and then you have to get a lot of people were on vacation. People were were who were usually in in the center of the country were up north and they had to yeah. come back down that 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 is part of the reason and it was tragic because people in uh in the south where these uh, attacks took place were saying where is the army where is the military right. and the reason that they weren't called up immediately was because they could you know in, in a lot of cases they couldn't be reached yeah okay so i'm hearing you and i, I accept your information there and i hear iq and i accept that but it still makes zero sense to me. And I'm not talking about the breakdown of intelligence or the initial blast. It's whether people are away or not. I mean, some people are still around. It still doesn't make any sense to me as to why that length of time. I mean, that's incredible. That's absolutely mind boggling that it took that long for anybody to get to South Israel to be able to defend these people. I mean, clearly reports came in well before then. Now, there's a reason I ask this, and it was presented to me from some folks, which I, I need to leave nameless at this point, but some very um, uh, well-known people uh, nationally, and that, uh, you know, and I'm going to direct this toward UIQ here initially. You understand the fight there. You understand Netanyahu. But, you know, this isn't going to come off nice and is it probably isn't going to sound really good but i can only report what's been shared with me people question the fact the fact that israel was one of the most heavily populated vaccinated populations and one of the most heavily mandated populations against people's wishes throughout the covid years of what took place and it was brought up to me that netanyahu was extreme within what I just shared with you with pushing all of that onto the public, which has caused a lot of problems, which we report on here at America Out Loud for people who are now struggling with life based on those damn vaccines. My point is, it was pointed out to me or questioned to me if there was some connection or whether this was intentional or whether Netanyahu really did drop the ball here. Now, I've always had a lot of respect for him, but I, I got to tell you, this I don't know what to say to that when it was questioned back to me. Could that even be a possibility? I mean, how the hell do I know? But, I, you know, that's I know drawing, you know, that's a real leap of uh, knowledge or faith here to even come to that point of context. But it was almost like they were questioning whether this was intentional IQ. I mean, is there any possibility in God's green earth that this was any part of this intentional, do you think, from authorities there? You know what? What happened in America was intentional. What can happen in Israel can also be intentional. I know it sounds callous what we are talking about. Right. But in politics, the only thing that brought Israel together today was the acts of Hamas. That's the only thing that kept it together. They were splitting. They were self-destructing. By the way, today is the worst day for Iran to threaten Israel. Today is the worst day for Iran to threaten Israel. Because today, Israel is coiled to the nth degree. This is not any more surprise attack anymore. 
They are ready for total war. Iran wants to start a war, they will finish them off. And I told you, there will be nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen a report, to your point, IQ, I've seen a report, uh, let's see, that I gathered back in, um, here we go, 2019. Uh, listen to this, uh, IQ. Uh, 2019 March. This was in the Los Angeles Times. I happen to come across this. Um, Biden says Israel free to strike Iran. Vice President Joe Biden signaled that the Obama administration would not stand in the way if Israel chose to attack Iran's nuclear facilities, even as the top U.S. military officer said any attack on Iran would be destabilizing. Now, I bring that up. This was during the election through Trump and Biden, and he was questioned on this. And he actually said that, uh, that, uh, that you know, he green-lighted that. What do you think about that? I never heard that before, honestly, never. I yeah. never heard that before. Obama was always against Israel attacking Iran, and he said he will intercept them in Iraq. Right, but politicians tend to say things different when they're running for office, campaigns, you. you know. They're all, yeah, they're all pathological liars. That's yeah, exactly, exactly. So what I'm saying is it is documented he did indeed say that. And the Los Angeles Times, who's a big friend and um, uh, of uh, surely Joe Biden and the and the and the uh, leftist uh, Marxist uh, communist Democrat uh, regime there. So surely they're not going to put a lie like that out. Uh, in, in any event, um, it's still meaningless. Promise you, it's meaningless. Well, it's interesting to understand the history of this, though. I don't know about meaningless. It is interesting to understand where these people are and why. And well, let me go further. I don't know if either of you have seen the sixty minutes interview or not, but I'd like to jump on that a moment here with you. And to understand the psyche behind the the leftist Marxist uh, Democratic Communist Party and Joe Biden, who is their esteemed leader, him and Barack uh, Obama. Uh, so he said this this was the 60 Minutes on Sunday. He said he believes the Hamas militant group must be eliminated. Now, this shocked me. And I, I was thinking of you, IQ, with this report. Because you you have been pretty fear on all this. You have you have actually complimented Biden when he did something right. And when he did something wrong, you called him out. So you don't really play the same political games that most everybody does. But here he said something that I think both would be music to both of your ears and brought all of our listeners. He said he believes the Hamas militant group must be eliminated, but that there should be a path to a Palestinian state. Now, this is the part, of course, you'll get uh, uh, upset with. Uh, and he warned that the war between Israel and Hamas could escalate. Well, we know that. He did not think American troops would be necessarily on the ground. Israel has one of the finest fighting forces, uh, even as, again, our warships are out there right now as the second carrier is uh, arriving. And, uh, uh, and uh, when asked if he believes Hamas must be eliminated entirely, he said, and I quote, yes, I do. But there needs to be a Palestinian authority there needs to be a path to a Palestinian state. These were exact words in that 60 Minutes interview. What do you say to that, IQ? Look, never in the history of Israel did they say no Palestinian state, but they want somebody who is a friend. They don't want a bloody enemy to be the state near them. They want somebody at peace. In 1948, they wanted to exterminate Israel. In 1967, after they were defeated completely, they said no recognition, no peace, and no talk. 
Who should Israel talk to? Hamas is all Palestinians. These are the brothers, fathers, sons, nephews of the Palestinian people. They didn't come from... Yeah, but they're not, they're not identifying that point you just make. That point never comes out in these reports. Because nobody I wants do. to hear it. Of course not. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Which is why these I, are the people who are from Hamas. Hamas is Palestine. Don't ever think you can separate Sharia-compliant Muslims from the terrorist organization on earth. I have it in, Arctic, in my, uh, my next uh, report. Yeah. Complete yeah. details, by the way. Complete details. Well, well hold on, IQ. But, but when Israel says they want to wipe Hamas out, are they really, based on your language, are they not saying they want to wipe the Palestinian people out? Then no, based no, on what no, you no. just come, said? Come on, come on. Well, hold on. Come That's what you just said. Wait, 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 in 70 years, Israel never murdered anybody in any village. Ever. We are talking Hamas, the military part. They are all living underground in the tunnels that spent hundreds of billions of dollars, the same money that American taxpayers have been okay. paying them for the last 70 years. Then let me continue and ask you this, sir. Is it possible, Are you? let me understand this now, is it possible that if they were trying to get to, the, uh, to put Hamas out of their misery and get them out of there, is it possible that there could be any remnants of the Palestinian people left to be able to continue on with whatever they're looking for there. Is that even possible? Why? There are two and a half million of them. Why is it not possible? Why was it Israel? Why was Israel was created? It was possible. Why are the Arabs not possible to create for a state for themselves if they had the brains? But they don't have the brains. Okay. So you do think it's possible. All right. All right. Of fair course. enough. Okay. Well, I have to ask you that because I don't know about, of course, because you, you say what you say just before then about you can't take the Palestinian out of the Hamas and you can't take the Hamas out of the Palestinians. Is that what you're saying? I said it, but at the moment, the people who are going to be destroyed are not the public, not the ordinary men and women, although the Hamas people are part of them. What but this is I what I'm you? trying to understand. I'm trying oh, to... Difficult. Look, not everybody in the Nazi party was actually a Nazi. Right. Not everybody. They joined the Nazi party, yeah. like in Iraq, in my country, they joined the Ba'ath party yeah. to have business and, and be part of the government. They didn't belong to it, but they had no choice. They joined so they can survive. What I'm saying is, let, if, they, if the Arabs in Palestine mm -hmm. wanted to make peace with Israel, Israel will be more than happy to make peace with them. But right. at the moment, they have nobody who wants to make peace. Right. Nobody. Listen, uh, just to be clear with you, IQ, I totally understand uh, asking these questions. I want listeners to understand uh, deep down in this fight what we're talking about. I, I get what's going on here and the difference between Hamas and the Palestinian people. But these are real questions that people are asking. And this is why they're very confused, because it's hard to get a straight answer. OK, Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no that's problem. exactly it. Ilana. This same point here now, back to the 60 Minutes talk here. Uh, so, so Biden said it would be a mistake for Israel to occupy Gaza, which, of course, they've made no announcement on whatsoever. But, of course, from most uh, conditions of war, when you fight and you, sh you, you shed blood, 
in these areas, that land historically has always gone to the victor. I mean, that's just the way historic it is. That's just part of humanity. But in this case, and, and they've said nothing about that, but they continue to come out and make this statement that it would be a mistake for Israel to occupy Gaza. But he then said this, and I thought this was a striking statement, playing on this uh, conversation I just had with IQ on the Palestinian Hamas. He said this, Biden. He, he said that uh, taking out Hezbollah and Hamas was a necessary requirement. Now, that's what 60 Minutes is reporting here, which I found a bit stunning, actually, that it, the president would make that statement saying it would be a mistake for Israel to occupy Gaza again. Okay, we get that. But, you know, I, I just find that interesting that he would make that statement, which tells me they understand, you know, the egregious nature of what took place here, obviously, with Hamas. In other words, as I've said before, they overplayed their hand here and waken people up to the truth. And that may be a very good thing in understanding this fight down the road, because it is a fight that will go on. What do you say to all that? Well, first of all, it, I, I don't take too much of what Biden says, you know, as gospel, because I don't think he understands some of what he says. But at the same time, uh, I'm very, uh, very pleased that he sent two aircraft carrier groups into the Mediterranean, and they will be on the coast of Israel and Lebanon and Gaza. Um, which is a very small piece of real estate, but nevertheless, uh, a very important one in the world today. And um, I, so he's, he's, he's got good stuff and bad stuff going for him. Um, I, I thought the interview with uh, on 60 Minutes was really pathetic uh, he, because he, he had difficulty speaking. But getting... Yeah, yeah the information, you, you bring, hold on, you bring up a very good point there. The information was, was, uh, wasn't was pathetic specifically, you, you know, but his approach, his body language, his voice, his posture, his, uh, uh, with any zest of presidential appeal, he had none. Uh, he looked like he was in a coma or a state of coma of some sort. Is that what you're speaking about? Yeah, I'm talking about his delivery. His his he he couldn't finish sentences. He stumbled and he stuttered and he yeah. It it was it was very hard to watch. But having said that, he had that somebody has made some very good decisions, uh, and and Israel has been giving uh, a free hand pretty much for what they do in Gaza. Now they have held back. They were uh, they were expected to begin their ground offensive in on Saturday. And uh, this, you know, when when they did not do that, uh, they that that was one week after the uh, the attack, the terrorist attack. So they didn't do that. And is there any possibility that they may not do a ground war in Gaza, Ilana? I don't believe so. I think eventually it's going to have to happen. But they have been holding back, and I think it has to do with the fact that. Uh, whatever they are doing in Gaza right now needs to be continued because they're one of their first priorities is getting these hostages freed. And because they're being held in the tunnels and there are some 300 miles of tunnels underneath Gaza. It's, it's do you really think that they do you do you really believe in your heart of hearts that they can get to those hostages? You think that's real? Oh, yeah, it's very real. And you and think? they're getting some help from American hostage teams as well not on the ground but but i think 
they're getting support. Let, let me get over to IQ and ask him, IQ, do you think there's a possibility they can still secure the release of those hostages? Yes or no? If Hamas doesn't give it, give them up, no. No chance. That's my opinion. That's an opinion this time. I never yeah. use the word opinion, but this time I'm using it as an opinion because I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to get them either. I, I would weigh more toward your thinking there. I don't see them coming out alive at this point. Let me ask Ilana. The, the babies have been in the hands of Hamas for 11 days. Who is feeding well, them? Exactly. What, well, I, I what no, are they feeding them? Who is changing I, their nappies? Tell I me, have, please. I have no doubt that some of them have died. I think that's that's without question. And Thank I you. think it's, Israel you. knows that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't some still alive who can be rescued. And Israel is known for, for you know, when you live in Israel, you understand that miracles are possible. Um, and and it, it's, you know, we, we used to say it's a local call to God. Uh, it, it's just something that uh, that. Israel is very, very good at making things happen that people don't believe can happen. Look, in, in 1967, they were attacked by four Arab armies, this little time, and they really believed that, that they, they could uh, conquer Israel overnight. Yeah, and sure. what happened in six days, okay. Israel conquered all of them. All this right. is possible. All right, I understood. Your point is made. Uh, I don't agree with you, but I think your point is made. Uh, okay. I, I think, no, I'm just going to call it as it is. Uh, yeah. if, they, if there are any that come out that are alive, I'll, I'll be more than shocked uh, because I think based on all these days that have gone by now, probably a lot have died. The others they have beaten to submission. They've sexually abused from here to kingdom come. I mean, I don't think there's much left. And with all those tunnels, I don't. I, it's not like they're keeping these people at a Marriott hotel somewhere. I mean, you know, I mean, this is like hell on earth to these people. So I, I, I just can't imagine there's anything left of this. Look at, look, let me say, looking at what they did in southern Israel to that human life, I can just imagine, and, and I actually can't imagine, but you can buy those videos and pictures, what they would, would be doing to this. And it's now reported 199, the IDF has reported, by the way, specifically of people that they have in their possession I, as we've stated, I think in day one or two, Alana, they're probably just as good as gone at this point. It's a, it's a stretch. I think it's okay to keep out a little hope, I guess, but it just doesn't seem possible to me. Um, well, let me say this. I, 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 it's my opinion that if Israel believed that they were all dead, we would have seen a ground offensive by now. Well, I'm not sure about that for two reasons. And IQ, I'd like you to speak about this. For one reason... They, uh, I don't, I don't agree with that point because number one, they they have to suffice to get some of those uh, uh, Palestinians out of there. They've been negotiating with Egypt and the United States have been working through back corridors to get them into the past. Number one and number two, they've still got a debt on the ground there because the the harm to their soldiers uh, in the fight between civilian and military once they get in there and the harm to their own soldiers is real. And I think they have, there's a lot to do. I don't think they're really relishing this ground war in Gaza at all. I think it's very strategic. They've taken their time. IQ, speak about that, please. You're 100% correct. They are, are massing. You see, you can't just go into a war like Russia did in Ukraine without further support. What failed in Ukraine, they, spent, they had 40 miles worth of uh, tanks. Yeah. They should have taken over Ukraine in three days, but they did not have the support with petrol, with fuel, with food. They didn't have that. 
Israel now tries to accumulate all that. This is a ground attack. It's not a joke. You need a thousand, millions of tons, well, sorry, thousands of tons of ammunition, millions of bullets. We're not talking about in one day you can do that. No, it takes time. Here's the other problem, IQ, I want to ask you about. The, the, here's what fear, here's my biggest, here's what really gives me fear at this point and, and really deeply worries me. And I almost am asking myself that, and just answer me back when I tell you this, but I, I'm thinking the IDF and the Israeli leadership is really, they're being thoughtful and quite, I, I think they're really looking at this to really understand not just what the risks are, but, you know, is there any other way to get it done? Because here's what's going to happen. The booby taps, uh, booby traps and the sabotage in there of these buildings is going to be massive. And the casualties of the young Israeli men there is going to be, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be numbers. I have a fear of this. It's going to be huge numbers like they've not seen before. Answer me back on that, IQ. You're right, but I'll tell you something else. This is, a, they want, that is why Israel wants as many of the civilians to go out. They're not going to fight building by building. They are going to flatten every single building. And I'll tell you what, from my point of view, and it sounds terrible, but it isn't terrible. In the long run, these hostages have already lost their lives. They will have no future. They're mentally destroyed now. They destroy psychologically and mentally they destroy it. It's sad. Yeah. Israel must completely annihilate Hamas with every weapon that they have. Personally, I would burn them to death. I would put napalm in the tunnels. Every single tunnel, I'll flood it with napalm and light it up. Because any risk you leave, any 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 part of these cockroaches that are left alive, the risk to innocent people goes up uh, unequivocally. It just rises Absolutely. dramatically, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, okay, somebody will say, yeah, but you are not in the tunnel. But I'll tell you what, if I were a hostage in the tunnel, I would expect my people to destroy them with me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to understand this a moment here what we're talking about, but this this is real frank conversation. Elana, that's a hard conversation to have. What was just transpired, but real yes. brief, just take a quick minute. I I uh, got to move along here quickly, but I'd like your response to that. You understand what's being said? It's pretty extreme, huh? Of course, it is extreme, and I think part of the problem with this conversation is that uh, you're not taking into account the Israeli mentality. Uh, and it's different from ours. What we think would be reasonable to do, they will not accept. And uh, for them, every one of these lives is precious, and they are not willing to sacrifice any of them if they can possibly rescue them. Yeah. And that is that is something that's very basic to the Israeli mentality, to the to the military as well as to civilians. And so uh, these. Um, these tunnels, they, they seem to be impregnable, but Israel is very good at, at getting into places that nobody thinks they can and doing things that nobody thinks they can. And I think we just have to wait and see right. because we, we just don't know where they're going with this. The fact that they waited another uh, two or three days or however long it's going to be uh, before, uh, you know, beginning the ground war, mm -hmm. it, it tells me something. And that is that there's something going on there that we don't know.
We don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Well, I, I, in my world, I, I kind of have already expressed, I do understand that uh, they are trying to harden the ground up, number one, and blow all that crap up so that there's less to deal with and more protection for uh, their young soldiers. Uh, and uh, number two, uh, they still have a responsibility to the world at large and uh, in the United States request, uh, since they're playing with them with this deal um, about getting the other innocent people out that we've just spoke about and trying to get passage through Egypt and in other areas to the north and south, actually. And that's been a real hard, hard deal here to get that done. So that, to me, has been the delay, I think, more so than the... Um, the victims here uh, is my guess, but I we really don't know. Uh, you know, nothing is impossible. There's no doubt. Nothing is impossible. And uh, miracles do happen. Uh, no doubt about that as well. Not suggesting they don't. But when you really bring this thing upward and you take a look at the fight, you almost have to see, you know, what's happening here. And you're, you're fighting an enemy. And see, that's what's different about this than other times Israel has fought. This is... They've never had an attack of this nature. This is the worst ever, and it's happened right now. I mean, talk about oddities, friends. There's strange things that keep happening in the world, and we keep looking at each other. You know, we keep talking about it, right? I mean, come on. And we keep thinking about, wow, like this is like historical. And isn't that strange? And here we are again talking about this again with Israel, you know? And people want to talk about, you know, the end of humankind or the end of the world, or are we close to that? I hear that all the time, that question being asked. Now, I don't quite have the answer for you, but I would say that things are not looking all that promising for the human race right now. Uh, and that's, you know, speaking as positive as we can, when you look around the world and you see events that are taking place and happening, there's some strange things happening, friends, uh, in the neighborhood for sure. Uh, on top of all that, uh, China and Russia has come out and have, has voiced some harsh opinions and thoughts as well that I'd like to share with folks as well. And then the uh, there's some House GOP members that are introducing a bill to block the uh, Palestinian refugees from entering the United States, I thought was interesting. And then our uh, d very distinguished um, FBI uh, the uh, FBI director, Christopher Dufus Ray, uh, he's come out with some warnings and what have you about the terrorist attack here at home uh, to go along with his uh, uh, president there. And uh, and then Senator Ted Cruz has come out and also warned everything, uh, you know, it's, the risk at home here, terrorism, you know, like, you know, like we kind of know this, you know, like we've been talking about this, like has anybody listened to us? Like, turn turn on the talk radio. Turn on America Out Loud talk radio. We could have told you this a couple of years ago. We we were talking about it. As your ridiculous policies have set us up for a suicide mission here. I mean, all self-induced. And, uh, you know, then this jackass wants to come out and talk about, well, we could have a problem, you know. Give me a break, people. You know, it's just, it's it disgusting to you? Is it as disgusting to you out there as it is to me? Because I'll, I'll tell you, it, it, it really infuriates me. And when something happens here in our homeland, I'm going to be the most vicious bastard on the on, on the microphone here you've seen when it comes to getting the truth out there to the American people and the sick people who have brought this onto our nation and the pain and suffering that is yet to come. It is more than disturbing to me. It makes me crazy. 
you know, to think this was all avoidable, every bit of it. And here we are. Wow. Yeah. You know, you, you do get a little vested in this. You know, you, you, you're definitely when you cover this in the way that we do and you hear IQ and Alana too, we're all invested in this. You know what I mean? And I know many of you out there are as well. It's hard not to be. And the more you see of all of this that's happened, it's you, it just it, it just gives you a, a sense of uh, where we are in the world today and uh, what is trying in the evil we're fighting. Everybody thinks it's just China, China, China. Actually, it's uh, you hear that a lot, but actually, Russia, Russia, Russia. Nobody's talking, and I've been saying this for some time. Nobody's talking about the jihadists. They've had a free pass. They've been under the radar. No, nobody's been talking about this it, with open borders and all this craziness going on. The last couple of days, I thought to myself, we're insane. Nobody is talking about one of the core enemies of humanity. And the problem with this group is they are anti-humanity. You understand what I'm talking We're fighting. Think about this, people. We're fighting savages that are anti-humanity. I mean, like, how do you fight that exactly? You're like, there are no rules at that point. When you come into the Monopoly game and you embrace death in the way that you do, hell, you, you never have to pass go and collect. <laughs> All the rules are out the window. And that's exactly what we have here. These people are anti-humanity. I mean, we got an enemy here that is anti-humanity. It would be like if Putin was anti, I mean, Putin's a lot of things. But he's not specifically anti-humanity because he didn't use his nukes already and blown us all up if he was, you see. So that's how you know that. And neither is, you know, Xi Jinping. Um, but they have a lot of other faults, clearly. But the jihadists, <laughs> these people are anti-humanity. This is like the worst card you could pull out of the card deck and saying, you know, oh, my God, there it is. <laughs> right there, man. Wow. That's, to me, sizes this whole fight up, really. So, anyways, I was just going to get that off my chest. AmericaOutloud.news. Wow. Again, we are reporting daily on all of these developments, and certainly all of our broadcasts, a lot of our broadcasts, not all of it, of course. We cover a lot of a lot of uh, ground here on our network, uh, but there's a lot here to really understand this fight and understand what needs to be done here. Uh, so... It's, it's interesting. We'll take a pause and we'll join you just a moment here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back into the Voice of the Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, and thank you, my fellow Americans and all of our friends around the world for joining us on the mission. On Sunday, China urged Israel to end its uh, punishment of the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, saying that Israel's actions have gone beyond self-defense. And this is their foreign ministry came out, obviously with the blessings of Xi Jinping, because they do nothing without him. Uh, and uh, they, uh, uh, yeah, look, talking about world leaders working to advert a wider conflict in the Middle East. Give me a break, you know. And then, uh, uh, oh, you're going to love this. You, 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 oh, my God. How do you look up in the dictionary? This is going to define the word uh, um, hypocrisy. This will define hypocrisy. Look that up. And this next one, Vladimir Putin, he stresses it's unacceptable. A uh, uh, violence against civilians in the series of Middle East calls. This would be, wow, this would be the definition of hypocrisy here if there ever was one. The uh, Russian president, that's right, Vladimir Putin, discussed the escalation of the Israel-Palestinian conflict. He was on with some sort of a call or meeting with the leaders of, this is a very esteemed group of players here, Iran, Egypt, Syria, the Palestinian Authority, and the devil himself were all in that meeting. And they said any form of violence against civilians was unacceptable. Uh, this this is the report coming out of the Kremlin. Any, any form of violence against civilians is unacceptable. Wow. Wow. There was also serious concern about the likelihood of the conflict escalated into a regional war, you think, you know? And... Um, and on that note, uh, Politico uh, came out with a report. Iran's flurry of regional diplomacy is heightened in the anxiety that Tehran could be about to commit its proxies in Hezbollah headlong into the war. Now, people are still holding their bets back on that and don't think Hezbollah is getting involved right now. And China's just a lot of hot air. Uh, uh, Ilana, what do you think? Let me get right to your point. Let me ask you first. Do you think uh, 
these reports, uh, well, first of all, you hear China, Russia, all the things I'm saying here, but cut to the mustard. Uh, these reports that Iran and Hezbollah are making threats, are they just threats at that point? Or do you think they would act, act, actually make the move and get involved in this? Or is this just hot air? Well, Hez- Hezbollah has already made some very, very uh, uh, timid moves. And they're sending rockets into Israel and, and they've already killed somebody in Israel. Um, so it, it, for them, it, it's not just talk. They, the question is whether they are going to unleash their 150,000 missiles. Uh, that's a different story. We don't know. They're being held back by Iran, I'm absolutely convinced. And I think the fact that we have uh, or will have two aircraft carrier groups off their shores. It's a deterrent, but, big deterrent. It, it's a deterrent, but the, because these these battleships, the, these uh, ships, and there are a bunch of them, Yeah. Uh, you know, they're two groups uh, and they have anti-missile uh, uh, hardware on their on their ships. So they if if uh, uh, Hezbollah starts sending missiles down on Israel, Israel, there are two possibilities here. One is that uh, Israel will try to fight them off, but but that the American ships will also play a part in bringing down some of these missiles. The other thing is Israel still has nuclear capability. And if that if if uh, Syria and Lebanon, um, Hezbollah are sending down a rain of missiles, mm-hmm. I I would be very surprised if Israel does not deploy a nuclear weapon. Yeah, right, right. Well, I've heard reports uh, that, uh, and, and this is a tough one, but uh, IQ, let me just ask you right out. I've heard reports that there are people in position who think that if that scenario just happened, that Alana played out there, that, well, that Biden may not pull that lever right away to use that power that's there, that some of that they're suggesting may be more for show and tell and as a deterrent. But if the lever did get pulled for Iran to get involved and the Hezbollah, that they may want to see Israel bleed a little bit. That's as hard to say, really. It is. Uh, doesn't even sound nice coming off the tongue. But these are reports I've heard. I can only report things that I'm getting in here. They're saying that they may want to see them struggle and suffer a little bit. I mean, on the core of things, a lot of people believe there's no love lost in the way they've carried themselves against Israel. A lot of this is being said publicly and done publicly, but not in private. What do you say to that point, IQ? Is that just all rubbish or is there any truth to it? Well, two things. The two battle carrier groups are to protect American interests, not Israel. That's a good point. I disagree with Ilana that they will shoot rockets. They don't have enough missiles on these ships to shoot any rockets. The most important thing is this. Israel is now, they know, Israel knows they are going to be exterminated if they don't defend themselves. They know that. If they were in doubt before, today, they are in no doubt. And I said it before, not today, not yesterday, years. Mm-hmm. If Israel's very existence is a threat, it will irradiate the whole of the Middle East, not right. only Syria and Lebanon. The whole of the Middle East will be irradiated. Yeah. And I think we all agree on that point. Ilana just made the same point as well about the nuclear weapon exchange. Uh, th- there would be no hesitation on that basis. Uh, but uh, it seems to me, IQ, though, Hezbollah right now and Iran, if I'm guessing, if I'm a, if I'm a betting man right now, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm betting that they 
that it's more hot air coming from them right now. I don't, I think they know if they step into this, that this thing is going to blow wide open. I don't think they're going to do it. What do you say to that? I, I have no doubt that you are right. I'll tell you why. Yes. Israel does not have to fly anymore to go to Iran. Israeli missile submarines with cruise missiles, they are only a few, maybe dozens of miles away from Iran, not even 100 miles. They don't have to be. The cruise missiles can cover 500 miles. Every part of Iran can be directly in, in, you know, targeted by the missiles of the ships, of the submarines. Yeah. So they don't have to fly and risk uh, any kind of confrontation by air. Yeah. This people never never talk about it. No, no, no. They never talk about the submarines, and yet they are the most important. This is exactly why Israel had them made in uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They made them for this purpose specifically, and they put cruise missiles on them. Why do you put a cruise missile with multiple heads? By the way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with multiple heads. Yeah, I, I I think that uh, you know IQ in a in a you know, I want to ask you both this. This is this is probably the tougher part of the conversation. Knowing your background, both of you, uh, with this war of jihad, which is really what this all comes down to, that is the denominator of this battle, this war, and these conversations. And it is a battle that political elites do not like to talk about. Uh, I, that's just as a fact. I remember back in the Obama administration, they would never admit, him and Valerie Jarrett would never admit what needed to be admitted. And the Republicans would go ballistic on that point, but they would never admit uh, and come out with words that were that were accurate. Uh, they would always dodge and deflect. Um, but, you know, IQ, in a, in, a, in a very odd, strange sort of way, knowing what the ultimate motive and goal of, of, of jihad is, this whole event here that's happened, and this wake-up call, I'm going to call this, IQ, a wake-up call of jihad. This may very well be a blessing with a silver lining on it, possibly. Again, doesn't sound nice, but this could possibly be a wake-up call to humanity and to the West to understand the acts that took place that way are really regular behavior for these Satanist bastards and that this is really the most existential threat to humanity, even more than the Chinese and the Russians or the people on Pluto ever were to this uh, to humanity here. Speak about that, please. Am I bro- is that a point? Yes or no? Amazing. I'll tell you why. When I send you my 11th day, Everything you just said, I have already written. Every single item, the wake-up call, the existential threat for humanity, everything you mentioned, I have already done it. I'll be darned. I'll be darned. Wow. Everything, and more, by the way, and more. Why more? Because jihad is what Muhammad always wanted. You know, Muhammad said, I have been, it's in the hadith, in the tradition, I have been made victorious with terror. Islam started with terror in the Arabian Peninsula. And from 635 AD till today, they spread Islam with terror and only with terror. Well, these are, uh, let's face it, uh, my friend, these are very difficult. Most people would never have these conversations because there's far too much truth 
in what is being discussed here um, that, uh, I mean, it's, it's very troubling. It's very, very troubling to understand this fight. Uh, but, um, Ilana, you, um, this fight of jihad we talk about uh, and what we see there, this, well, this, this battle, this war right now, and I've been thinking about this a lot in past days, the fact that it was that bad at that moment, to me, it was like putting smelling salt on the fire to wake people up to how evil this is and the kind of damage they will do and that they will go to any extent to kill anybody. And the larger the numbers, the more gratifying to these evil bastards. What do you say to that? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. They don't have any compunction about torturing, murdering. They, Every one of these guys was carrying a, a little pamphlet that showed them how to kill, how to torture, how to uh, do everything terrible to these innocent people, even children and the elderly. They have no compunction about hurting other people because if it brings them closer to uh, 72 virgins, they're for it. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, everything that uh, was just discussed, Alana was talking about, is captured in IQ's report on day nine, Israel day nine, detailed plans by Hamas discovered. And it's it's remarkable, uh, the information that these people had and the pamphlets and details that was that the uh, IDF has uh, recovered uh, in how thought out this plan was uh, and how long it took. I heard reports that this was probably a year in the making, uh, this sort of attack. IQ, any truth to that, you think, a year in the making? Of course, the truth is there. Hamas said so. The Hamas leader said so. People are so stupid, they don't even open their mind. Hmm. The Hamas leaders are telling and bragging about it. They've been doing it for over a year. Yeah. And where were they doing it? Not in Gaza. They would do it in Iran. Yeah. Well, you know, one other thing I do want to, and, and, you know, when we get together next to IQ and Alana, this other report IQ has coming in about this, uh, the, this core of the fight, just something to take up again of what we just uncovered here in the last uh, bit of time here. But, you know, but it, but, it, but it bridges over to this other conversation when I say, what is their ultimate goal? And then, as I reported just moments ago, and I said, well, you see what the FBI come out and said, they wanted domestic threats linked to the Israel-Hamas war. And then the senators coming out saying this. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, leaving the front door open in a bad neighborhood, all, inviting all of these evil people in and then wondering if anybody's going to attack you which is what we've done here with our borders. It is the point of insanity, like nothing we've ever seen. And I would say we're not going to be able to put that genie back into the bottle. We're going to struggle. We're going to have a fight ahead here. Something's going to happen on the United States homeland. Um, take 30, 45 seconds. We're down to the wire. IQ, speak about that. Uh, last point on that. The, the fact that you will have a disastrous attack, a terrorist attack, is definitely not negotiable. It will happen. But I'll tell you what, again, the same bastards will say it's America's fault. You know, never is it the fault of the Muslims, ever. It's always the fault of the Christians, the Buddhists, the Hindus, the Jews, anybody but not Muslims. And yet, it is all to do with Islam. 45 seconds. Well, that's true, and and I don't don't disagree with anything you said. However, uh, but let, let me just make clear: it is part of our fault with the fact of the administration that is in that office that has left those borders wide open and done what they've done. And I know you agree with that. 
Ah, 100%. They are negligible. Yeah. I said it many times. Yeah. I yeah. said yeah. Biden should be held accountable, removed from office, and executed for treason. What more can I tell you? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, Ilana, last word. Yeah, I think that the, this is something that we are blind to. Uh, it has been estimated that at least 1,200 um, active terrorists have been led into our crime. That's a, that is the, the minimum count. Mm-hmm. Probably many, many more have it come is. in through open borders and they are setting up shop in our major cities and, and where they can do the most damage. And I think if we do not wake up to that fact, uh, we're going to be in serious trouble. And as, as IQ has said, uh, a, an attack, a, a terrorist attack it will be will be not only most likely, but probably inevitable. And it will it will be worse than 9-11. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. The damage here uh, will be uh, extensive. And uh, this is well, uh, I told folks well before this conflict, uh, uh, this current conflict in the Middle East, uh, it is going to be the legacy. My listeners have heard me. This is going to be the legacy of the Biden administration. Those borders mark my words. Um, and, I, and the numbers are in the thousands and thousands and thousands of bad characters who are here in our country. The numbers I'm following and seeing being reported, and we covered some of it on the weekend, and we've been on top of this, is extensive, and there will be a price to pay for all of this. And it's going to come into the price of tens of thousands of American lives. And it's not going to be planes and buildings. It's going to be other means and ways that these people get creative. They're very creative. You know, that's the way it is, friends. And that's the price you pay for this uh, current regime this uh, Obama-Biden administration, uh, which is uh, unimaginable, the damage they've done to our country. One of the things we have going for ourselves here, and I do want to share this with you, and this is a blessing of our you know, of our Constitution, it is a blessing from God Almighty, is our Second Amendment. We are singularly the most uh, fire-powered uh, people on the planet, uh, uh, Americans, and which is why the leftist, Marxist, uh, communist, uh, progressivist, Democrat party has fought against that point uh, because they got rocks in their head. Uh, but uh, that uh, they've tried to attack our Second Amendment. But we are the most armed, uh, so they're never going to take this whole country down because this country is ready to fight. Believe me, it will fight and do battle. I'm talking the people of this country. We the people, that's the power of America. Thank you for joining us on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.